0: I think I broke Pastor Justin's microphone. (laughs) I was fidgeting with it right before I came up, and somehow I messed messed it up. I hope it could be fixable. Today I want to take a journey with you through the book of Jonah. We'll cover part of chapter 1, but hopefully next couple of months we'll get a better understanding of Prophet Jonah. Jonah is one of those prophets that doesn't get enough respect because he's just so famous or infamous for running away from God. But we have lots to, uh, lots to learn and hope that we could glean some truth uh, next couple of months. Have you seen this movie? Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade? Sean Connery and Harrison Ford. What can go wrong, right? There's a one memorable scene for me, when they had to cross this deep chasm. It's too wide for them to jump. So, Indiana Jones, remembering a painting from his father's office and his notebook, he had to make a leap of faith. There's nothing between these two. Uh, caves, and he had to take the step of faith, and only then the bridge appeared. Why do they want to go across this chasm? Because Indiana had to go to heal his father, who just got shot. The bad guy, played by Donovan, he shot Harrison Ford's father, Indiana Jones' father, so that Indiana Jones will go across the cave to fetch something very special. And if you have seen the movie, it's the Holy Grail. It's the cup that Jesus used at the communion, at the Lord's Supper. They believe that if you drink out of that chalice, that cup, you will have long life. In fact, they found a knight who's been there for over 500 years from the last crusade. He was able to survive that long because he was drinking out of that cup. And it had a a miracle healing power as well. So they were there to find the cup, and the knight knew it. And he basically said, choose wisely. Because there were so many cups over there. There were small ones, big ones, fancy ones, not so fancy ones. But they... There was only one holy grail. You had to choose wisely in order to gain the fountain of youth or receive healing power. Jonah was in that kind of situation. He had to choose wisely. In fact, we hear God's voice all the time. Sometimes we don't recognize it. But we need to know that God is speaking to us every day through worship, through Bible study, through fellowship with your small group, at home, when you're spending time with your family, at work, at school. God is talking to us all the time. It's a matter of hearing it. We need to hear his voice. But then, what do you do after you hear his voice? Be careful what you wish for. We all want to hear God's voice. But before we ever hear God's voice, we have to make up our mind that we will obey whatever God tells us. Otherwise, don't ask. Don't even have that desire. Because who much is given, much is required. Unless you are willing to wrestle with his calling, unless you have this deep desire to obey his calling, don't ask. Don't ask God to talk to you. This is verses 1 and 2. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. Right away, we need to know that Jonah was serving the northern kingdom. This was when Israel was divided into two halves, northern kingdom and southern kingdom. He was with the uh, northern kingdom. And as we all know, northern kingdom had zero righteous kings. They had 19 of them. They had zero righteous king. So he was serving in that part of the country. Nineveh It's a capital of Assyria. Assyria was infamous for being evil. I mean, some of the things that they did is just unbelievable. They would skin people when they're (coughs) still alive. They would torture them. They wrote a book on how to torture people. They would not only conquer you, but they would torture you just for fun. They're that kind of people. So... When Jonah hears his voice, his immediate thought is, me going to foreign country who's oppressing us, who's being so evil to us, you want me to go over there to share your message? The other thing is, we're not doing too well either. We're sinning left and right. I need to do your work over here I need to save my people first. Why are you sending me over there? Granted, they're evil, but we're sinning. We're running away from you. That was Jonah's first reaction. So Jonah did what came natural to him. I don't want to go to Nineveh. I don't want to share God's grace, mercy, and love with these evil people. So he decided to pack and leave. Go other way. Another interesting fact is that this wasn't the first time that Jonah represented God. In second Kings chapter 14, verse 25 says this, he was the one who restored the boundaries of Israel from Levohemeth to the Dead Sea, in accordance with the Word of the Lord, the God of Israel, spoken through His servant Jonah, son of Amittai, the prophet from Gath-hepher. Gath-hepher is on the, on the word for Galilee, so he's from the northern kingdom. So apparently, God called Jonah to build a boundary from northern, way northern, north of Galilee, all the way down to the Dead Sea, so that they will be protected. So imagine getting people to rally. this cause, to build a wall. I mean, this is just long, huge, great wall that he was building. But he was able to do that. And they all received God's blessing. So, Jonah has this experience of talking to God, listening to God, obeying God, and seeing how God could bless him and his people. This wasn't the first time. And yet, when he relied on his natural instinct, it didn't take him very long. In fact, he packed immediately to go to the other side, to go the other way, the opposite way of Nineveh. Along the way, he would take a detour, as we all know, scenic routes here and there, and along the way, he would discover God's greatness. And that's what I hope that we could experience together as well the first reason why he was able to experience this great god is that god called him by his name of course god knows all things god knows everyone he will know jonah he will know jonah's father jonah's father amittai means the truth It's very uh, similar to the word that we use today, amen. And Jonah means a dove. So when his father, Amittai, named his son Jonah, we're guessing that he had this desire that my son would become God's messenger who would share the truth. Isn't it ironic? So God calls Jonah to be his messenger. He did, but not this time. He's doing what is natural. He's picking and choosing what he wants to obey, what he doesn't want to obey. I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty similar. It's as if we're going to a buffet, and we want to pick and choose what we like. Lobster, steak, first, you know, no vegetables, you know, no carbs, not too much. We pick and choose, and maybe that's why we like buffets. When we approach God, we need to get rid of that. Especially if you want to hear God's voice. Again, he's speaking to us every day through events, through his word, through different people different situations, God is talking to us. Don't you want to hear his voice? It's not a charismatic thing. Yes, he is speaking to us every day. Do you want to hear his voice? Then we cannot act naturally. Then we cannot pick and choose. In fact, we need to make up our mind today, I will obey fully. If we want to hear his voice, This is what we need to do. God knows our name. Jesus, he called Zacchaeus. He never met him before. But Zacchaeus had a desire to see Jesus. Who is this guy? I want to meet him. I want to be saved. I don't know how to be saved. I know I have a lot of money, but I want to be saved. So he goes ahead of Jesus because he's not that tall. He climbs up a a sycamore tree. And when Jesus was passing by, He stopped. He looked up and said, Zacchaeus, I want to go to your house today. He called him by his name. When Jesus heard the news that his friend died, he went. And he commanded, Lazarus, come out. He didn't just say, hey, you in there, come out. He said, Lazarus, come out. After he came back to life, when he went to the Sea of Galilee, he met Peter, says, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He called him by his name, his previous name. In this movie, going back to Indiana Jones, towards the end, there's a big earthquake. And they found the cup because... Indiana Jones, is a very smart guy. So they had a cup with him. So Indiana Jones had a cup with him, and he gave to his dad. And he poured it on his wound, and he was healed. Miracle. But then because of the earthquake, they dropped this cup. And cup was about to fall into the chasm. And there was a woman. She tries to reach for this cup. She couldn't. She fell, and then Indiana Jones. He's now reaching for the cup. His dad now healthy again. He's holding on to Indiana Jones. He's saying, "Indy, let go. Indy, let go." But then he he wants to let go, but he can't because it's right there. I could just just it's, I could almost reach it. And his dad said. Junior. That's a special name that clicked. Let go. Mary and other women went to visit Jesus' grave. They thought someone had stolen his body. So she was crying. And a person approaches her. She thought he was a gardener. They said, Why are you crying? someone has stolen my uh, uh, Lord's body. And the gardener said, Mary. And right away, Mary knew it was Jesus. It's that kind of voice calling us. He's calling me. He's calling you. He knows us. When we respond, we could immediately feel his presence, the joy, the blessings, that all is a package deal. Don't we want to experience that? I want to just acknowledge that We are living our Christian life, maybe not the way God wants us to live. I know, I don't, not every day. How can I live my life according to God's will when I don't know exactly what he wants me to do, when I don't hear his voice? I know Bible is there. Sure, Bible is good enough along the way as we get into the Bible, as we read his words, we get familiar with vocabularies, we could recognize his words. For a long time, they thought this book was kind of odd. Even Christians said, why do we have this book? It's just so embarrassing. Do you feel like that? or God is embarrassing at times when you go to school during lunchtime, in front of all your friends do you put your hands together and and bow your heads and pray for your meal I was telling the youth group Friday this is what I did (laughs) you know like after I sit down with my friends I'll just go I'm praying inside but I didn't want to show that I'm doing this so I'm doing this as I'm praying inside. Because it was a little bit embarrassing. Are we embarrassed about our God? Well, a lot of people thought, this book is embarrassing. just like fairy tale. Who's going to believe this? I don't believe this book. Why is this in here? How do we figure this out? Until this person... Sir Austin Henry Layard, he's an archaeologist. He found this city, this great city. This is artist rendition based on what he discovered. So if you were to put like New York City, Los Angeles, and Chicago all put together, you might get this city. This was just an amazing city at the time. It had 100 feet tall walls surrounding the city. Uh, the width of the wall was so thick that three or four chariots could go at the same time. They had a moat that was 131 feet wide and 60 feet deep. I mean, these are like exact you know, science, but then it's something like this. Over 600 people in the city, on of. It was a huge, great city. So when he discovered this site, a lot of Christians were just so ecstatic. <sighs> okay, at least we know this is truth. And not only that, now book of Nahum, there's a book like that in the Old Testament somewhere. Verse 1 of chapter 1 says this, a prophecy concerning Nineveh, the book of the vision of Nahum, the al So this book begins with mentioning the city. So when he discovered this old ancient city, it confirmed a big part of the Bible. But my point is, the way God calls us, the way God called Jonah, he's also calling all the people in the city of Nineveh. Yes, they were evil. They were doing evil things. They were selfish. They had pride, and, and they just enjoyed doing evil because they were able. They, they had the power, and they wanted to insert their power everywhere. But even to them, although they were not hearing his voice, God was speaking to them. God was calling their name so-and-so, so-and-so. That's why Jonah had to go. At this time, he didn't recognize this truth. So how do we really choose wisely? It's just to obey. We can't understand everything when God calls us, but As we obey, as we walk with God, along the way, God will show us more and more and more. This beautiful city of Carmel, Indianapolis, Fishers, are we any different? Is God calling us by our name today to represent him here in Carmel? In Indianapolis, in Fisher's. Do we even want to hear that voice? God is great because He loves all people. They all belong to God. We all belong to God. So we have to choose wisely. Every day as we go to school, as we go to work, as we meet new people. Are we willing to share? God's message. God is great because the world belongs to him. When God calls us to represent him, it's not just here. It's the world that he has in mind. He wants us to be world Christians, not just karma Christians. But Jonah, he didn't know this, so he runs away. He thought he could flee from God. I mean, this is just... Let's read first 3 first, then I'll show you the map. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found the ship bound for that port. After uh, paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Again, this is God's prophet who experienced God before And yet, he still is trying to run away from God. When we make up our mind that we're going to do our own thing, then everything is justifiable. Remember Adam and Eve? They were talking to God face to face. After they sinned, what did they do? They hid themselves as if they could hide from God. They know better, and yet... That's what they did. Jonah, he knows better. Yet, he still wants to run away. So, Genesis 3a says this, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord, Lord God, among the trees of the garden. I mean, You talk about making choices. When we move away from God, even like a one step, we don't want to hear God's voice because it's not natural for us. We don't want to obey God because it's not natural for us. When God calls us, it makes us uncomfortable. When God calls us, he wants to represent him holy and righteous. And in order for us to live like that, we have to change. And this is what God is doing with Jonah. See, Jonah has some issues. He has his still uh, old nature, sin nature. But not only that, he has bad experience over the years. Living in northern part of Israel, unrighteous king, after unrighteous king, seeing all uh, these people, God's chosen people sinning left and right, and God using countries like Assyria to punish them, he thought, "This is not going to work." So why do I keep doing this if they don't change? so he just did what came to what came natural to him so as they were searching for the right cup this is a, a character named donovan he found the cup he didn't hesitate very much he just went after it because this is worthy of the king he drank Uh, from the cup, and he died immediately. And the knight said, he chose poorly. (laughs) So Indiana Jones, of course, he drank from another cup, remembering the Bible that um, Joseph was a carpenter, and so was Jesus, so he picked up the wooden cup and drank from it. And he survived. When we decide to do things our own way, we're going to be attracted to what we see uh, as beautiful, what we see uh, as needed. And this is a dangerous thing. Jonah thought, why do I go to Tarshish? I mean, why don't I go to Tarshish? Instead of Nineveh, evil people, I don't want to waste my time there. In fact, my life, I'm putting my life in danger. Why, why do I want to go there? It's not beautiful. It's ugly. They're ugly people, ugly city. I don't care how big it is. I don't want to go there. But Tarshish, my goodness, the weather is good. It's a poor city. It's a thriving, growing. It's, I could enjoy my life. rest of my life, doing something, I could just live there. What well, came natural. It was beautiful in his eyes, not in God's eyes. This is what we have to wrestle with. Are we willing to let go of our presuppositions, let go of our our own preferences, let go of how we used to live for something better? The previous church I used to serve in San Diego, They're celebrating 35th year. We're celebrating 50th year next year. So we're older than the church in San Diego. About 35 years ago, God called five families to plant a church. At that time, everyone lived close to downtown San Diego. In fact, just, you know, 10 miles, 15 miles of outskirts of downtown, it was pretty much, you know, undeveloped. Like from here to going to Kokomo, a lot of farm farm (laughs) land, cornfields and things like that. Well, it was kind of like that in San Diego too. So if you use your mind, downtown is the area you should plant your church. But no, when God called these five families to plant a church, God told them to go plant it on the north side. About twenty miles or so north, of, north uh, of downtown San Diego, no Chinese people lived there. Not, I mean, not many people lived there. Period. But they obeyed. So five families plant this church. Thirty-five years later, God made it grow. Over fifteen hundred people, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They have a new building, new land, all those things. People were laughing at them 35 years ago when they're planting a church way over there. Like, good night, I had to drive all the way up to attend this church. Well, I have so many other churches in this area, why would I want to go there? When we look at things from our eyes, we're not going to experience something like that. When we live our life according to what we know, because we're kind of we kind of know, you know, we want you guys. Went to good school, you're smart, you know what to look for, you know how to invest. But if we rely on those things, it might be okay, because, you know, God is still gracious. I'm not saying it's not going to work, but unless we take some chances, how can you experience something like this? Unless you take some chances, how can we experience God's miracle, And I want to just end with that. We are called by God to represent him. We cannot pick and choose. Sometimes we just have to let go and start fresh. I'm not saying that's what we need to do. I don't know what we need to do. But as we pray together, are we willing to take some chances, try something new. When Pastor Justin comes back, what is he's going to do during his sabbatical? He's going to pray, he's going to talk to God, and inevitably, I would imagine, God's going to give him some plans. So when he comes back with his vision, God's vision, are we willing to say, well, let's try that? I don't know what that is. Do you want to hear God's voice? If you do, we need to make up our mind today. Yes, Lord. Amen. Father God, thank you so much. During this Christmas season especially, we want to remember your love. At the same time, we want to share that love with others around us. Father, help us. Thanks. Thank you for calling us. At the same time, we have to admit, Father, Perhaps we've been lazy. Perhaps we've been picking and choosing what we want to do, how we want to do things. Father, help us to let go. Uh, If it needs to, uh, if that's what you want us to do, Father, help us to hear your voice. Help us to be united as we move forward obeying your, your calling for our church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Sam.